Welcome to the Villa Park Podcast. It's me, Rich, and I'm back with a short lunchtime live. You know, I thought I'd jump on while everyone was on the lunch breaks and just have a chat because there's never, ever a dull moment at Aston Villa at the minute. Um, so, yeah, well, there's going to be a bit of uh, talk about the news that's potentially leaked uh, about off-the-pitch issues. Um, obviously, the Diego Carlos injury, which came about yesterday and then you know um a potential transfer link that we could we could do with him on Saturday yeah to be honest if it if it is true so um before we get into it though um hit the like button um please everyone who has already joined um subscribe if you are new to the channel this is kind of a newish show that we're just bringing out um the last couple of weeks really probably two or three a week a bit of a lunchtime show uh, rounding up the news getting your comments in uh, while you're on your lunch breaks and uh, and yeah just to kind of um you know see if we can there's no there's no better time to talk villa um at all so yeah um do support this uh, this show and the channel um who is in the chat already uh Kate and Phil up the villa, PJJ in the house as well. Hello, mate. Great to have you in. Um, so yeah, let, let's let's have a little chat about this this letter that was allegedly um, before I have to say um, if if true, um, it's been linked. Um, it was leaked on Twitter this morning. Um, I was just you know having a little look on Twitter, just um, taking my son to school and and all that sort of stuff. Um, and um, yeah, had a little look on Twitter, and then all of a sudden saw this um, new Twitter account that was created um, called AVFC Staff with a four-page letter. wasn't the best <laughs> in terms of grammar, wasn't the best in terms of um, of layout, but um, I mean tagging you know lots of uh, lots of the Villa. Twitter pages, um, like the big Villa Twitter pages, in and um, and yes, yeah, reading it is is quite is quite shocking to be fair. Uh, as I say, I have to say, if if true, um, it doesn't look great. And um, you know, we've t- we've had a lot of discussion on this channel, and there has been discussion across many many channels about Chris Heck and some of the decisions that he's made. Some some good um, in terms of trying to bring money into the club, trying to increase our profile, but also there's it tended to be an underlying issue of, I guess, not really listening to um, other supporters, not necessarily listening to fan groups. That the, the obviously the advisory board had. Uh, expressed concerns around the badge and the consultation around the badge and that changing. There'd obviously been a change of mind about the um, ground expansion. And I guess Villa fans kind of swallowed that up with the fact of would, would if we, if we were to qualify for Champions League football, would having, you know, a, a reduced capacity help in that manner. So, there was a few things that was kind of been swallowed by fans and thought, well, actually, yeah, that does kind of make sense. It would have been nice to maybe had a little bit more information. Other fans have said, well, no, he's been put into a job. He's in charge of what he should be doing. So let him get on with it. Then obviously we've had the lower grounds. We've had the terrace view and potentially ideas put 
put by previous um, CEOs, but still implemented in the way that they have been, which haven't really gone down well. I guess people have kind of accepted it for now. And if they've been given a ticket in those areas, they've kind of thought, well, it's not too bad. But there's always been an underlying issue of, I guess, not really taking the fan who goes to the game into consideration. Uh, Now this letter's come out around you know, potential mistreatment of staff, um, you know, not being very, not not saying at, at all treating people well, kind of dressing down in front of, in front of other staff members, changing of roles in front of every, other staff members. And like I say, if true, I have to say, this is just a letter that's been leaked. Um, it doesn't look, it doesn't look great. Um, doesn't look great at all. And You know, while we've got things going right on the pitch at the moment, um, yes, we're on a little bit of a dodgy run. You have to, the whole club has to be pushing in in the same direction. And also one of my slight concerns as well is the last two or three years, the the women's team has been really pushed and really backed and really kind of been made to feel a huge part of the club. And I said right at the start of this season, I felt like it had been maybe pushed a little bit to one side. And the news around the women's team hasn't been as readily available as as a, as, as the, the full club. And maybe that's something to do with, with kind of the, the disconnect between the kind of full club feel and what what's needed to generate money for the first team. And um, and yeah, you've got to make sure everything's pulling in the right direction and anything that's kind of diverting from that path will in the end translate to on-field issues because fans can get disgruntled. People don't want to go to the game. Um, you know, people want to see, they're paying a lot of money. They want entertainment straight away. If that doesn't happen, they get more and more dis- disgruntled. So it, it then it translates to the players. They feel the pressure. And then it kind of all spirals out of control. So you've got to make sure everything is pulling in the right direction. And as I say, I, I, um, I really want to reiterate that if true uh, on, on these allegations and, and some of the some of the stories that have come out regarding treatment of staff, um, you know, um, like I say, having having um, arguments with with staff in front of other staff um, things like um not really not not being involved with um on fa boards and and not speaking to them around the euro 2028 and just kind of ignoring them um and and yeah real concerns around just not um consulting any staff when any decisions are made let alone um, consulting supporters so yeah it just doesn't seem it just doesn't seem good you you guys in the comments let me know if you haven't had a chance to have a look i mean it's already generated a hundred thousand views on twitter since this morning lots of people saying you know take it with a pinch of salt these these are kind of rumors but also there's other people saying you know that that it's kind of confirming things that they might have heard you know people that work through the club that kind of thing um so yeah, it's it's it's. I guess it's just going to divide opinion. What I would say is, it's never good at all to have this type of stuff, whether it is made up, whether it is there is some truth in it, or whatever. It's never good to have this kind of dirty laundry aired in public, and um, it it doesn't it doesn't bode well with you know where where we want to go and what we want to achieve with Villa this season. So. Yeah, it's um, it, it's really interesting. Um, Michael says uh, the Aston Villa soap opera is something of a writer's dream. Absolutely. Um, Michelle says up the villa. Um, Lee says I'm not seeing it. What's this about? Yeah, have a look on have a look on um on Twitter, Matt. I don't want to 
post anything on, on here and show anything on here, but yeah, have a look, have a look. Um, yeah, the women's team situation has been concerning. Yeah, and uh, if possible, yeah, well, I think we'll we'll do a bit more of a feature on it on the next fans forum. To be honest, um, I know they've got Tottenham this weekend, and then I, so after that game, I think we'll do a bit more of a feature on them. But I've just, like I say, the the, the signings that they've made seem to have been a little bit rushed. Um, it's just the coverage that they've been getting. Like for me, you know, you thought about it last. Whether that's just to do with on the pitch as well, they haven't been quite as good on the pitch as as they were last season. But just doesn't seem to have the same kind of, I guess, coverage for when the games are happening. You know, getting fans to um, to go and watch that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, just 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 that whole. I think a lot of focus for what for whatever reason. Obviously, Unai Emery is in full charge of the first team affairs, full charge of like kind of what goes on with the youth team and everything like that. There's obviously been a lot of um, focus put onto Real Union and, and and buying out other clubs and stuff. Um, it's just interesting to see if the women's team wanted to push into those potential Champions League spots. That doesn't seem to be happening, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens next season, whether they whether they go at it again. Um, because you've got to keep you've got to keep going with with, with everything. And you know, if they were getting ten thousands and stuff last season, ten twelve thousands last season, you'd have thought that that would have increased this season, and that revenue would generate for the club. At the moment, it just seems to be seems to be dropping. Um, Lee doesn't do Twitter as an old, old fogey. Yeah, like I say, it was just, it's a letter that's been leaked from an alleged um, staff group or staff member uh, expressing concerns about the management um, from Chris Heck and um, and Ben, uh, what's it, Ben Hatton. Um, so they're the senior, the chief operations officer and the, and the CEO um and um yeah just some just some real concerns and again there are allegations it's not, it's been leaked there's no there's no kind of proof of any of this is true but just around kind of conduct um speaking um to 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 other staff in 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 a real derogatory manner um changing of people's roles um without consultation um, not not um, not speaking with the FA on matters surrounding Euro 2028. Obviously, the lack of communication to fans and the fan advisory board around the badge, um, allegedly having it designed before that consultation. So lots of things that maybe are being done um, around around that. But yeah, have a yeah. Like I say, it, it just seems it just seems to be a never-ending soap opera at Villa at the minute, and. Um, and that doesn't uh, that doesn't do anything to quell the uh, to quell the the rumor mill going on. And as I say, it just doesn't doesn't bode well for on pitch um, an on pitch harmony that we need. We need the fans together with the players because we're going. We as um, as Bloom said, you know, we've got to look we've got to look ahead to Fulham um, and um, these next three games that are all winnable before the big game against Tottenham. And if we can go in at, through those three games with nine points, we need everyone pointing in the same direction. We don't need kind of things being aired out in public, whether they be true or not. And that's, uh, that's the point. Um, but yeah, on to, on the pitch, um, obviously the news broke yesterday about Diego Carlos. Um, and if why is, is it always happen when you get in a bad injury, another one potentially follows, and in a position where you're already limited as it is? Um, we've obviously had 
Pau Torres, who's been on the bench the last couple of games, um, hasn't featured uh, really. Um, but it's now potentially time for him to to come into the team straight away. At, at, you know, almost in out from the cold. You know, from um, not really having many minutes to warm up. Um, and he's potentially going to partner Clement Longley after Diego Carlos has injured his hamstring in training. We don't know how severe that injury is, but any time a hamstring, whether it's be um, slightly less serious, he's going to be two to three weeks um, at, at, at least. So this isn't good. We've obviously already lost Ezri Konza. We don't fully know the, the kind of details on his injury. Uh, Emery said he was hoped to be three to four weeks. Other kind of people have said it's more like six to eight weeks. So what are we going to do with centre-back? I was talking on the fans forum the other day about, you know, potentially playing three centre-backs with, you know, Longley, Pau and Carlos. Now we're to potentially talking about bringing Callum Chambers back in. Um, or do you go with two left-footers if Pau Torres is, is actually fit? Um, you know, you can play Longley and Pau Torres. You know, we, we've took, we, does that does that uh, um, affect the balance of the side with two left-footed centre-backs in, in the back? I think they could probably cope. I think they'd be, be fine. But then, like I say, your next line of next player in line is is uh, is Callum Chambers, who hasn't featured a lot at all. I don't necessarily think he's a bad player, but he just hasn't featured a lot. And and then you you're, you're down to your sixth-choice centre-back. The AVFC Academy did a little bit of a uh, a write-up about potential players that could come in um, for, um, for 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 from the uh, the younger team, and um, obviously you've got um, obviously you've got um, uh, Lamar Bogard who could maybe could maybe come in, um, and then there's there's a few players out on loan. You've got Kerr Smith. Um, who he says is is fairly is fairly up to scratch. Um, I'm just trying to get his tweet. Just bear with me. Um, so yeah, you got Lamar Bogard, the most natural replacement. Um, he isn't on loan. Um, brilliant game reading ability, strong dueling qualities, but limited centre back experience. So has played more in that in that um, midfield role. Kerr Smith, who is out on loan. Um, in terms of the Academy AVFC Twitter, that would be his preferred option. Um, but he's out on loan, so could maybe bring him back. Josh Feeney's out on loan, maybe not quite physically up to the, up to scratch right now. You've got Ben Crazine who's out on loan, obviously left back, uh, but could maybe be brought back in to, for cover. You've got Finley Munro, who was in the squad against Chelsea in the FA Cup, but is more a fullback, um, but has deputised at centre back as well. Um, and then you've got Thierry Katsukunya. Um, he's not on loan. He's the most senior centre back within the under 21s. Um, he's starting to play well in the in that in that side. Um, and then obviously there's there's injuries to Sil Swinkles and Aaron O'Reilly. So does Emery t- dip into the academy players to look at look at options? It's it's really really concerning because what are we talking about? Concert three or four weeks? We're talking Diego Carlos three to four weeks. And we've let Dendonka go. Is it now? It's always hindsight is twenty twenty, isn't it? And we were saying Dendonka needs to go, but then when you don't bring necessarily anybody in into those kind of more defensive positions, Kamara's now out for the season. Carlos is out. Conta's out. We've now got Longley. A potential with Pau Torres. Obviously, we'll find out when the um, uh, when the press conference is if he's back. 
but then you've got Callum Chambers and you're going into the academy. And, um, you know, it does make that top four difficult. But I guess the players just have to rally round, um, absolutely rally round each other and um, and try and push on. But, yeah, hopefully it's not too serious for, for Carlos, um, as I say. But I, I think I think Longley and Paratori is a, is a fine centre-back partnership. Not too bad at all. But it's just... It's just if, if something happens to one of those two, I mean, we are in real, real trouble, real, real trouble. So, yeah, um, difficult one, difficult one. And uh, Fulham, obviously, Jimenez up front, and they've got a lot of pace as well out wide. So it, that is going to be a difficult game with, with kind of a patched up, uh, patched up defence. Um, guys, over 60 people watching, which is just brilliant at this time. Um, if you haven't already, hit the like button. Um, and um, help us on the road to 4,000 subscribers. If you're new to the channel, please do hit that subscribe button. And we tend to get viewers from all over the world at this time as well, so let me know in the chat where where you're watching from if you are new as well. Um, Lee says, Eric Bonham should be buzzing and working hard in training. Yeah, talked about him the other night. I mean, it's it's one of those where you think if he's if he's let Dendonka go, and he said Eric Bonham is the, is the man to step up into those positions if needed. Then you think Kamara being injured, it's time now for um, it's time now for uh, Eric Bonham to start. Yes, I know where I know you boys, Aubrey and Solihull, uh, Michael and Blooms. I know that. Don't <laughs> I'm talking about far flung regions. We've had Jamaica, we've had Dubai, we've had everywhere. But look, everyone is everyone is as valuable as each other wherever they're watching from. So. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Um, but yeah, Timmy Rubano, he should he should absolutely be buzzing to play. Um, I, I don't know. Like I said, we talked about it the other day with maybe he goes to a 3-5-2. That's probably out the window now. Although, could you play Chambers, Pau Torres and Longley as a back three? You probably could. Um, but then, or does he, does he drop McGinn back in there? You lose a little bit of John McGinn, but then you maybe you can play Tielemans and Ramsey in that more advanced position. You've got probably two slightly different players there. Um, yeah, we're going to be interesting to see what he does. Um, and fi- final final bit of news, unless um, uh, in terms of potential transfer, um, we've, there's uh, been word of. I think we covered him. Um, covered a little bit of his kind of feature um in in the January window or maybe maybe it was the summer I don't know but Nacho Fernandez um Real Madrid um center back who's out of contracts uh, at the end of this season I mean we could have done with him now to be to be honest with you but apparently there's there's a number of European sides um looking at him um and he's uh, he can leave for free in the summer but Aston Villa are apparently the most interested and Obviously, with Monchi and, and Unai, you know, in there, there's probably connections there with regards to scouting networks and everything. Um, but yeah, um, apparently we've offered a two-year deal to him. It's not being answered yet. I'm guessing he's keeping his options open. But just having a look at him here, obviously, um, more experienced player, 34 years of age. Um, so maybe wants a crack at the Premier League. Um, obviously, left-sided predominantly. Um, I've compared him with Clement Longley. So, you know, very similar in terms of statistics. Um, obviously, age is, is, is a bit older, but he's played 16 times this season, started nine games. Pace of the, the game is different, obviously, with, with in, in Spain, but playing at a very high calibre side in terms of Real Madrid. Plays Champions League. 
um, as well. Um, and yeah, 57 minutes per game. So still still playing. Um, 44.9 touches. It's, uh, in terms of passing accuracy, you'd expect that with a Real Madrid. 93% per game, 96 in his own half, 86% in the opposition half. But you'd have to look at the, the type of passes that he's making. 54% in terms of long balls. Chip passes 56%. He's got... He's contributed to three clean sheets, 2.7 ball recoveries per game. I mean, you're probably looking at a player who's got a real good pedigree. Um, whether whether he could, whether he, I'm sure he wouldn't be first choice at all, but it'd be good to, you know, potentially good to have that type of experience if we were to qualify for Champions League. Um, he's got that experience in the side, so that would be really handy. Um, whether it be Europa League um, is another matter, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see us getting linked to to one or two players. And I, and I did say the other day, you know, in terms of positions, you're probably looking at centre back. You're probably looking at a centre, a striker, a centre forward. You're possibly looking at a physical midfielder as well. And then that depends on who we let go. You know, do we sell one of the kind of high ticket items to help FFP to help us strengthen in other areas? So. That'll be interesting to see, and and on that would Villa get their want to get their business done early with you know free transfers. We've we've been quite fortunate in that area the last couple of years, obviously with Bubakar Kamara, um, with Yuri Tielemans, who's um, who've both you know been been a re- reasonably big successes. Um, so yeah, you, you you're thinking, do we do we kind of look at that free transfer out of contract market as well and get the deals done early um, and then look at kind of, I guess, selling some of the, the one or two of the higher higher priced items. But wherever we end up, we'll, we'll kind of, um, wherever we end up, we'll kind of dictate that. Um, PJJ says, Nacho is old, but probably still got three or four years in him. He'll sign and then get injured. Yeah, typical for us. He probably will, mate. Um I just can't believe these centre-back injuries at the moment. I mean, Cons are crashing into the post. I mean, how unlucky can you get? Diego Carlos getting injured in training. Obviously, Tyra Mings right at the start of the season. Pau Torres just um, getting injured for a few months as well. It's just it's just constant. One player kind of comes back and then another, another one, now two, getting injured. And, you know, it just shows you the need to have a big squad. And I know um, on Sky Sports, David Reed was on talking about, you know, everyone's talking about um, Newcastle's injuries. Everyone talks about Tottenham's injuries. No one talks, about, uh, people talk about Brighton's injuries at the start of the season. No one's talked about Villa's injuries. And that's, I guess, because Umar Emery never really uses it as an excuse. You know, these other managers will cry about it and say, oh, the lads are doing so well with all the injuries that we've got and blah, 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 blah. Emery just takes it in his stride, continues, but when it comes to then us being on a little bit of a dodgy run, no one says, oh, well, let's have a look at it. You've had Tyro Mings injured for the full season. You've had Emi Buendia injured for the full season. You've had to do with that. Pau Torres for large chunks. Um, Bubakar Kamara has been missing at times. You've got your backup striker who's out for 10 weeks. Um, you've had Moussa Diaby um, in and out. You've had Jacob Ramsey in and out. You know, look at these players that we've had injured and we've still maintained where we are this in the season. So I'm sure he will come up with a tactical plan. I'm sure the players will rally around and um, and make sure that we still 
we still kind of have a real competitive and have a real good go at it. Um, guys, I'm going to leave it there. Um, loads of stuff. Lo- oh, yeah, Moreno as well, SLR. Yeah, definitely Moreno. Um, yeah, e- Emmy has been a big, big loss as well. And big up to you, mate. Big up to you. Yeah, just some, just, you know, you look at the options that could have been, could have been used um just even just off on the bench you know that kind of inspiration that it gives to the players that are playing it's uh it's it's a huge thing so lots lots to you know it is big credit to the players and what they've done this season so you know they just got to push push for that little bit more in the next two or three months just real big push a couple of players will start to come back and then we can kind of really see where we finish up this season um gonna leave it there though guys um thank you for tuning in um hit the like button hit the subscribe button if you're new to the channel um, we're going to be back tonight at nine for the full match preview for fulham uh for the fulham game another big game to come so make sure you tune in for that 9 p.m tonight um but yeah i'm going to go back to work so thank you all for uh, for tuning in and as always remember we all follow the villa thanks everyone